You're listening to The Fallout with Joey Semmel and Drew Gillis. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome into a bonus episode of The Fallout. Joey Semmel and Drew Gillis here to bring you some baseball talk. What's up, guys? Finally. It's summer, and this is really the first time we can talk about baseball. Yeah. Every time we talked about it so far, it's just been, fuck Rob Manfred. Pretty much. Today, that a little bit changes. I mean, (laughs) we still hate Rob Manfred, but we have actual substance to talk about, which is exciting for us. Um, So we can sit here and we can talk about the season resuming, issues with it, um, favorite sleepers, like... We're like three weeks away from baseball games, actual mm-hmm. games that count being mm-hmm. played. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. Garrett Cole and Adam Adovino pitched live batting oh, I, practice I to that. Judge, Hicks, and Voigt. Yep. Talk about getting thrown in the fire, by the way. Cole and Adovino, your first live batting practice. Yep. Jeez. Um, yeah, so like baseball's back, and I'm pretty excited about it. It's hard not to be for us. I mean, you're wearing your Yankees jersey today, as you almost always do. I do it to record. It's a mindset thing. It's a mindset thing. Unfortunately, it's the DD jersey. He's uh, not on the Yankees yeah, anymore. Yeah, but. That's tough. <laughs> um, but while we're so excited, we do realize there are some issues. Ken Rosenthal has written about it. Pretty much everyone is talking about it. Um, part of the issue with baseball not getting a deal done early is they've allowed for this second wave to start. Yeah. <laughs> and... Unlike basketball, they don't have one hub location where no one can leave. That's not a thing. That's that's a problem. They're all at their home stadium. So the Yankees are playing Yankee Stadium. The Braves are playing at Truist Park. Yes, I had Stop. to drop that in there. Stop the, it. The Nationals will be at Nats Park. Um, the bigger issue really is the Razor at Tropicana in Florida. Um, yeah. Houston is at Minute Maid in Houston. Yep. Um, so I worry that with the spike, I have no clue what they're going to do. I mean, it's, uh, the, the lack of hub cities is, I don't know how to, I think it's just a terrible idea. I don't see, I, I see the issue with not having Cause you, enough you gotta, baseball stadiums you, you in the play area. Games I know that's an day. issue. I know, I know that's an issue, but I think this is going to be the downfall of the baseball season this year, not having the hub cities. I, uh, here's my biggest issue with it. You play 10 games against each opponent in division and then four games against each opponent in the division in the same region. So, like, the Braves will play four games against the Yankees in the AL East. My issue with that is you have to do two home and two away, which means... Unless you just don't. You know what I I mean? I feel like you do, though. Like, to have a fair season, right? Unless you play four games... The Yankees play four games at the Braves, but they have the Phillies at home for four games. Like, I guess you could I mean that'd be better. That way. I, I don't think that's a fair way to go about the season. It's though, not I, fair, but I don't it, know which one they'll pick. That's life in COVID. Nothing is really fair. But reg- I mean, I guess okay. Regardless of whether or not you're traveling in between those two game or four game series, we're going to be traveling a lot more than we want to be during this time. I mean, four game series is only four days, right. so you travel every four days, and you're you're supposed to stay quarantined for two weeks every new location you go to. So that's not possible. I mean, inherently, that is impossible to do for players, coaches, umpires. I, umpires might stay in the same cities. Although, no, I think players would riot. <laughs> they, they, Whichever city gets stuck with C.D. Buckner and uh, Angel Hernandez. Yeah, like they, they need to have umpires stay in one location because that's, or I guess, one side of the country, so to speak, because that's what the players are doing, right? One side so, of the country, so that means sure. That means you can limit the contact. You know that, it's like, like if a Yankee gets it, you know the East Coast is the only part that's going to have it. The Yankees couldn't have given it to the Astros because they didn't play the Astros. Yes. They weren't within 1,000 miles of the you Astros. You realize a player in each region is going to have it. Like, that's, at every time, and, I think. And, I think and, that's a given. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. And, and it's the same with the NBA. I mean, you saw these tests keep coming back, guys who got it. Um, DeAndre Jordan sitting out uh, in the NBA. Spencer Dinwiddie doesn't know if he's going to play because mm-hmm. he got he tested positive. Um, so... The NBA is different. Uh, They're facing a lot more of an issue because if you lose one player in the NBA, that could be your season. Right. I don't think that's the case with really any baseball club. Just look at the Yankees last year where everyone was hurt. Everyone got hurt. And they still won 103 (laughs) games. So... Um, there, are, there are teams that will hurt more than others, but if you like, if the Braves lose a Freddie Freeman, that's a big hole in their lineup, but could still make the playoffs the season with that team. The season doesn't end. If the Lakers lose LeBron, bye. Yeah, you know, try. that's it. <laughs> we'll see you next that's year. That's it. See you in December. I can't even say next year. Um, 
I did just compare Freddie Freeman to LeBron James. That was a little I tough. I was going to let it pass. Yeah, you keep, see the I, point. I see your point. <laughs> if um, the Angels lose Mike Trout, it won't matter because they won't make the playoffs anyways. But, you know, <laughs> you're, you, you think about it, right? And they ha- there are so many hoops to jump through that we are cautiously optimistic. That's how we'll put it, that a yes. baseball season actually will happen. Um, but you're not gonna, this is all you're going to hear about that. In this episode, we're going to be excited for the rest of it. That baseball is going to happen. I like that idea. So it's time for today's trivia, and it's time for me to get back at Joey. Finally, it's about time for the one where he roasted me about NFL head coaches. That was bad. Oh, that was bad. We don't need to talk about Still cleaning up the guts from that one. (laughs) So the question today, and I'm giving you a hard one. I'm going to toss you a hard one today. So here's the question. Based on discussions that we'll be having later in this episode about injuries for players that are MVP caliber and the fact that the season is shortened, what is the fewest amount of games that an MVP player has played in a single season, and who was it? So my initial thought here goes to catchers. Not a bad thought. Because because catchers always naturally play less games, um, and... That, that's just the way it works. So um, this could be really bad, but I, initial guess, I'll go Pudge Rodriguez in 99. Catcher, not a bad idea. Um, I actually wouldn't have thought of that myself, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but not correct. That is not correct. We'll get to that later on. So now, Drew, I, I want to talk about some of the favorites going into the 60-game shortened season. Favorite to win the World Series? Favorite to win the World Series. Okay. The whole kit and caboodle, as they All right. say. All right. Um, I've, I've, no, I don't think they say that. They do. <laughs> I, I, I checked. I checked. Um, <laughs> but s- seriously, the Yankees. <laughs> I've got to pick the Yankees. Um, yeah. <laughs> <But> asshole. <laughs> it, 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 would be, it would be wrong if I picked anyone else. Like, I feel like I have to. Wow. It would be um, wrong if I picked anyone else. I'm going to remember that and use that in a couple minutes. But go ahead. You know what I mean. It's wrong for me. How can I sit go ahead. here go ahead. when the Yankees are as good as they are and not pick them? You know what I mean? Sounds like something I could use. But go ahead. Do you want go, me go to on. make an argument for the Astros? Because I really no. don't want to do no, that. No, 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 no. Well, I know who you're going to make can, an argument for. Can we not? For, can we ignore them. the fact that the Astros are third in odds? Can we just put them in last? Yes. <laughs> Karma's going to get them at some point. Um, I don't know when, but it will. It's um, got to be this year. So, but seriously, look at this team and find a hole. Because that's your you favorite thing can't. to say in sports. I think you uh, can't. If you're talking about the Yankees, you can't find a hole. I, I will point to the third base situation. How is that a hole? They have because two dudes who hit 316 last year in Urshela and 327 last time he played. One in dude, one dude hit amazing in his rookie year, Andujar. Hit amazing and is one of, if not the worst defensive third baseman in the league. Uh, that's a hole, whether or not you want to admit it or not. Gio Urshela should start the season. I think he should start the he season. Will. At third. And I don't, I don't but, know what the concern here. But is. I mean, we had never really heard of him before a year or two ago, and he comes in and has one great year. This reminds me of Johan Camargo. And Camargo had a three-war season in 2018. 2019 had a negative war season. So could this happen to Gio Urshela? I think absolutely. So, They're both above-average fielders. So before you point out the fielding as an p- aspect of his that's going to be I'm, good. I'm not going to compare him to Camargo because okay. I have respect for the guy. Jesus um, Christ. But I want to point out, he'd been a backup, not an everyday player. Talk about war only um, benefiting your argument when you like it. They both had three-war seasons. Respect. You're, I'm not, gonna talk not about giving work. any any I'm, respect to Camargo. They're very similar dude, in this aspect. Are we arguing about the Yankees or Johan Camargo? I'm just Here's saying you're one. giving you're going to give Gio Urshela too much credit. No, I, what I'm going to say is he'd been a backup, right? Yeah. He never had the opportunity to play every day. Sure. Right. And he wasn't very good. He'd only played the most games he played in a season was 81. Sure. Uh, and that was one time in 2015. So he never really had the opportunity to show that he could hit. He comes to the Yankees. Marcus Thames, the Yankees hitting coach, a god, by the way. Um, it's easy makes when you one, sign every player for twenty five million. Yeah, Gio Urshela, twenty five million. You're right. <laughs> M- makes <laughs> makes one small adjustment to his swing, and it works. To put it simply, it works. Um, but also, the first time he played a full season, he played 132 games. Okay. so he got everyday playing time and was really good with it. That's the and that's what Camargo did with he, his first full season. He didn't slow down at all throughout the year. Okay, and also something changed for Urshela. 
to make us think that there's no reason he could. If you uh, think we, there's we, not we, a question okay, mark on we, Urshela. We can, we can argue all about that all we want. Fine. <laughs> I'll let Andujar start, and he can. I don't care what he does defensively. If he's going to hit 330 like he did in 2017. And that's and, the Yankees' way, isn't it? <laughs> well, dude, he had a war of 2.2. And that's not like incredible, but I'll take that for my only question mark in the lineup. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. I hear you there. <laughs> seriously. Okay. Like, if that's my only question mark, is a guy giving me two point two war? I hear you. Fine. I hear you there. Fine. Um, We're talking about World Series, though. You know, and, and I think if you point to a guy on the Dodgers, the is, where are you going to find a guy on the, the Dodgers is, that's going to give you I'm, zero? I'm war? not done. I'm not done. Is they have? I want to point this out. What I'm saying is. <laughs> The only hole you were able to point to in the uh, Yankees yes. is a position where they can go one for two and be fine. <laughs> so yep. that tells you something. I'm sorry, it does. Here's another that problem really with the team, though, is the injuries, and we both know that's an issue. Who's going to get hurt? And who's going to have to step in? Do you think Mike Talkman can do it again? Do you have faith in Mike Talkman doing it again? I have no reason to think otherwise. The fact that throughout his entire career, he wouldn't be that guy until okay. he got to the Yankees last Here's year. Here's what I'll say about the injuries. They had more injuries than any other team in the history of the major leagues last year. And is they that, won. Is that even true? Yes, it is. And they won 103 games. Okay. I am willing to wager they won't break that record. You asked me for a hole, though. That's okay, a okay, hole. Okay, but I'm saying, I'm saying if mass <laughs> injuries are a hole in your roster, having a lot of injury-prone stars is a hole in your roster. The only hole you were able to point to in the Yankees lineup, and I haven't even gone and talked about how the rotation is better because they signed... Wait, can you remind me his name? The guy they signed for the rotation? Um, No. Garrett Cole? <laughs> is that right? Yes, yes, yes. I had to look it up, but... God, I hope he sucks. Garrett Cole, right? So you're going to... I know once we get to the Dodgers, you're going to point to Mookie. I'd actually argue Garrett Cole is a bigger addition. He is. He, is. So, he absolutely is. Um, which, I mean, the Yankees have always needed but, that, though, because but, their number one starter at the time has been James Paxton or Masahiro Tanaka. No, Severino, but... Yeah, but not for the last season or two. Uh, and yeah. What are you yes? talking about? I mean, yeah, not last Severino. year. Not last year. He was not their number one last year. And if he was, he was hurt most of the time. He was when he came back in August. He played three games last year. And then he Severino pitched in the played postseason three games also last really year. Good. But either way, Paxton is a legit number one. And Boy, I'll take talking about Kershaw uh, and the okay, Dodgers. I'll take playoff Tanaka over every single pitcher uh, the Dodgers have in the postseason. I'm just saying. Playoff Tanaka, so good. I don't really Ridiculous. care who you'll take. You're a Yankees um, fan. Okay, but look at play- Tanaka's playoff numbers. You want me to do it? I'll fucking do it. Tanaka in the postseason... Just incredibly good, right? Career 1.76 in eight starts, whip of 0.7. The guy's unhittable in big games. He's really a big good in the playoffs. Pitcher. He's a big game pitcher. Even in the regular season in big games, he just steps up. He does. He's like the opposite of Dak Prescott. Uh, <laughs> his ERA last year, Masahiro Tanaka's ERA for the season, is a nice, really solid, I'll give you this one, a really good 4.45. Ask That's me, not ask, good. Ask me if I care. Bruh. Ask me if I care. Oh, my God. Do it. You can't be serious. Do it. Ask me. Wow. I'll tell you why I don't care. If you He had one month, I think it was July, where he was just fucking atrocious, right? ERA oh, and of like what? The eight. rest of the year he had like a 2.2? And the rest of the year yeah. he had like a... He was solid. He had like a 3.5, 3.6. Fine. If you want to take out... If you want to take out one... 8.77 ERA yeah, month. Bad for one month. That's a terrible month. I'm sorry. That's fucking awful. If you want to take out that month from his year, he had a 3.75 ERA. Ooh. That's not that bad for it's a number four. Fine. It's really good but for like, a number give four. Give him a lot of credit one time. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, like, you're going to go and you're going to push the... Um, the Dodgers rotation. Dodgers rotation. So, uh, the Dodgers right? are my pick for the World Series this year, if that hasn't been clear thus far. David Price... Had a 4.28 ERA last okay. year. Okay. All right. So Julio just, Urias might take his spot as the third starter, though. Urias was tank last year. He he was really good last year, but the lot like he did it for what eight starts, and he he was really a reliever last year. You know what I mean? So yeah, he, I mean, come it, on, it's, though. it's not the same. Dude, at two point four nine as a reliever, <laughs> as a reliever, he had eight starts. And he pitched 37 games. Okay. I'm, I'm comfortable calling him a reliever. You realize if he, he gives you, you, realize if he gives you eight, starts eight starts this year, that's almost the full season. Okay, but these numbers are inflated because of his time out of the bullpen. I think that's a BS argument. A pitcher can pitcher. He can't. 
He started games and closed games okay. and had a 2.49 ERA. Had a two but point, tell me again that Tanaka's 4.45 is really good. 2.01 as a reliever. Okay. 3.26 as a starter. Well, that's much better than Tanaka. In eight games. Okay. If we picked, much better than Tanaka. If we picked Tanaka's best eight games, it would be better than that. David Price is an interesting one because we both know he's not at the top of his game anymore. Had one Cy Young, and outside of that year, honestly, I don't think he's ever truly been dominant. I'm going to just disagree You're with that. Disagree. But, um, he finished as a runner-up tw- two other times. But um, it, I don't want to make an argument for him because I hate the guy. <laughs> so I'm just going to say that you're right even though you're not. But you're he, right. He hasn't <laughs> had a star year in a long time at You're this point. right. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Sure, I'll give you that. But come on. Kershaw's better than everyone else behind Cole in your rotation, and it's not close, right? Who, who has the best pitcher in either rotation? Yeah, well, okay. Cole. Here's what I'm going to say about the Dodgers, though. Their lineup, with adding Mookie Betts, has no holes in their lineup as well. I would say a better defense and less injury-prone team than the Dodgers, or, well, than the Yankees. And Mookie Betts is one of the biggest acquisitions of the offseason. He's going to fit. He's biggest addition of the offseason is Garrett Cole, and of. I'm so uncomfortable saying he's, that. He's going to be put in a lineup that already had Bellinger, that already had Max Muncy. What do you think the biggest hole in the Dodgers roster is? Well, so can we agree that Yankees lineup is not? I mean, I'm answering your question. Don't worry. Can we agree that Yankees lineup is not a hole? No. Can we agree that the Yankees rotation is not a hole anymore with Cole? Can we agree the Yankees' bullpen is not a hole? No. All right. No holes on the Yankees, right? Defense and injuries. If you want to play that game, we can. Um, we saw the stats. Yankees finished 21st in defensive run saved last year. I, and I'm just saying that injuries just literally don't mean anything because... That's they, a hole. They, they you have a lot of injury-prone players. No, it's not That's a, hole. a hole. It's not a hole because we set a record for fucking injuries and won 103 games with it. So... I'm wagering that they're going you know to be who won more, more games this than year. you last year. You you point out 103 games a lot. You know who won more games than we you won last 100, year? The Dodgers. We had won 103 games in a better division with another playoff team, and uh, the Red Sox who were still relevant last year at least before come they just on, come dumped. on. We were dumping they, they on them were, all year. They, they were 500. Year. They were 500 the dude, entire year. They dude, were relevant because dude, people wanted them to be dude. relevant, and we both know that's a fact. Don't you dare point out the Red Sox as a viable team for the playoffs last year. They never made a push, not a single time in the season. Don't give me that bullshit. That's terrible. That's a joke. They never made a push, never, throughout the entire fucking season. I don't care if you have your butt twisted about them or whatever. They never made a playoff push. They went 84 and 78. They never made a playoff push. Okay, so neither did the fucking Giants or the Padres. Okay, name the worst team in the division. Okay, neither did the Orioles. I'm just saying, the Rockies. They had three god-awful teams in that division. But don't point out the Red Sox. The Red Sox were above 500. It was the Yankees and the Rays, and the Red Sox never made a push. They were above 500, though. I'm saying they were a decent team last year. Relevant. You That's said relevant. That's all I'm saying. You said relevant. Oh, my God. Not fucking relevant. Oh, my God. Never were. They finished above 500 and had a plus 73 run differential. I'm just saying. Arizona was the next best team in that division, okay? They finished one game better than the Red Sox. Sure. Okay? So we agree the division is worse, right? Yes, the Dodgers yes, won. Yes, don't point out the, the Do- Red Sox is the why. Do- I'm... It's a reason why the Do- the Red Sox would have been the second best team in that division. Last the Red year. Sox is relevant. The, the Red the Red Sox the Red Sox and you can't deny this would have been the second best team in that division last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. That's the only point I'm making. The Dodgers won three more games than the Yankees. Okay, in a worse division and not setting a fucking record. And is, for that's injuries. part of my argument for why they are the best World Series pick because their season's so much easier than the Yankees. I understand that. They have to play the NL West and the AL West. The AL West has two tough teams and three that are a joke. That's going to be pretty easy for them to walk through. They're going to walk through their division without even trying. The Yankees have arguably a World Series contender in the Rays and then have to play a division that might have three viable playoff teams in the Nats, Braves, and Mets. So you're going to have a harder schedule. You're more injury prone. You both made the best acquisitions of the offseason. You guys with Cole to solidify your rotation, and the Dodgers with Mookie Betts to solidify their entire fucking team. <laughs> That's huge. You can't take that away from them. And then you're going to point to the bullpen, which I think is probably the most shit on bullpen for not a great reason. A lot of guys in there have way better stats than you would ever think to give them credit for. Kenley Jansen just had the worst year of his career by far. 3.7 ERA. Which is terrible. It's not terrible. 3.7 is terrible. That's just not terrible. For a terrible. closer? 
That's never that's been terrible, terrible for a closer. It's not great for a closer. Oh you're right. God. But that's never been a terrible Mo, ERA. Oh my God. It's not. Dude, if Mark Melanson. Oh, Mark Melanson is much worse than a 3.7. Don't you worry. We're going to get to Mark fucking Melanson. We're going to get to him. I fucking hate that guy. Okay. We're, we're going to get I'm to him. Saying, what I'm saying is if the Braves closer had a 3.7, you would nonstop complain. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. And I did. So don't sit. Yeah. So don't sit here and be like 3.7 isn't bad. No, it's fucking terrible. What makes you think he's going to be their bona fide closer though? Uh, He's been their closer for 10 years. That's how Melanson was in their league with the Giants though. And he gets to the Braves and becomes the closer. And then we're like, wait, no, a 3.7 is not good enough. And actually he had worse. Okay. But he's not getting traded. Okay. Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen is going to be their closer. You're right. You're right. 100% guarantee that Kenley Jansen will close games. But here's, here's, here are names that you don't give enough credit to in their bullpen. Okay. okay? I'm excited for this. Pedro Baez. One of the more reliable bullpen arms in the league. What did he have last year? Pedro Baez last year in 71 games had a 3.1 ERA with a .95 whip. Okay. Not enough credit to him. That's pretty straightforward. You want to talk about Urias as a bullpen guy. Had barely over a you two ERA in the bullpen. Use Urias oh, as a bullpen I can because he's a, a two-edged sword. Nope, I absolutely nope, can. Nope, nope, nope. Then you can't I use him as a starter. absolutely can because he's both. Use him as a if a guy does both. No, he's not going to do both this year. Do you want to talk about John Smoltz as just he's a starter gonna, or just not, a closer? Oh my or can God. we talk about him as both? Oh my, but Julio Urias is not going to do start and close this oh, he year. He could. He's not going to. All right, He's going to be their fourth starter, probably their third. Adam Kalerik, another guy you don't give enough credit. Last year's 6-3 with 3.27. When he got to the Dodgers, put up a .77 in I'll 26 games. T- I'll tell games. you why that doesn't matter. Okay, how many innings did he pitch in those 26 games? Yeah, fair. 11.2. 11. He only faces lefties, three batter minimum. Adam Kalerik is going to be out of the league in a year. Blake Trinan. How about Blake Trinan? Really bad last year. Bad last year. Had clearly one of the best okay, bullpen okay, years okay, of 2018. Okay. So, so, so. I can't bank on Gio Urshela or Miguel Andujar or Miguel Andujar having a year like they had both the last time they played. Come on. We but both do this when it benefits here, us. You, you, you were you're sitting, gonna here, sit here, and sitting here and tell me that Blake Trinan is going to go back to 2017. Dude. Wait, wait, wait. wait no, wait, 2018 wait, wait, form. Wait, wait. 2018 form. And, and he's been bad every single other year of his career. We can agree on that. Here's another we one We can for agree you. on that. Dustin May, going to be better. Dustin May is a great pitcher, and he'll be in their bullpen. He'll be a bullpen arm. I don't know what to expect. Oh, my God. This is, wow. You know I'm right. 14 games with a 3.6 as a rookie as a 21-year-old. Okay, you're right. Because of 14 I'm feeling games, okay about Dustin May. definitely guarantee he's going to be really You talk about the Dodgers bullpen like it's the worst in the league. I'm not saying it's the worst in the league. I'm saying it is the worst of any playoff contender. Look, overall, if you're looking at these rosters, I, 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 here's what I'll say. We can give the lineups a wash. We, we can both come close enough to agree that those lineups are a wash. We have, our, we have our opinions. You think they're deeper on the Yankees, and I think the Dodgers have a better peak in the lineup. But we can agree that's a wash. Sure. Okay. The rotation, I think they're closer than you want to give them credit for, but I'll give it to the Yankees because they got Garrett Cole. I feel like that's pretty set in stone. I, I was actually ready to give that. I, I think it's close. It's close. I'd give a slight edge to the Dodgers. Okay. One, just, okay. Just because they're – if Severino was healthy – it would be the Yankees. And um, Urias being in that rotation, I think, is going to be a game changer. But I'm saying I'll, I'm yeah, comfortable yeah. giving that to the Dodgers. Bullpen clearly goes to the Yankees. So in this regard, based off what we've said, it's like wash, close to the Dodgers, easily the Yankees. We would say, sure, the Yankees are the better team. Who has the easier road? Who's going to bust their ass more? The Dodgers don't have to put in any effort to make the World I Series. I understand. I understand. But I, I think that goes two ways because... Um, once you actually make it to the World Series, for, for, well, we say that first of all, and the Dodgers didn't make the World Series last year. We would have said the same thing a year yeah, ago. Yeah, fair. Um, Yankees didn't either. Yeah, Yankees but, didn't either. But interesting. Um, I, I'm just saying, neither did the Dodgers. Cheaters for the Astros. So that's right, different. Right. But neither did the Dodgers. So, um, we we can say that all we want. I guess what worries me about the Dodgers is just in a 60 game season. I think the emphasis on bullpen is going to be a lot. I, I think I teams are going to be wary of their starters and how long they let them go. Which team does that help? I, like, Which team does that help most? Helps the Yankees. Well, it helps the Yankees by those two teams. But I think here's the team that might help the most in the league. And, I mean, I had to go in on them eventually. You knew that was coming. I think this helps the Braves the most. because The bullpen? <laughs> yes. Here's their bullpen. Because this is, I think, going to be easily a top five bullpen in the league this year. All right? The worst ERA of any of the guys that's going to be in their starting bullpen, aside from Mark fucking Melanson, 
is aside th- from Mark is at 3.8 and the 3.8 is from Luke Jackson who is closing for more than half of last season which is a joke he will not close <laughs> other than that the lowest uh, the highest ERA is Chris Martin with a 3.2 you then have Will Smith closing it out you have Shane Green who had a 2.3 ERA last year you have Darren O'Day who came back and pitched for a 1.8 ERA this is a great bullpen this None of those names I'm uncomfortable putting out late game, except for Marky Mark fucking Melanson. The rest I, of them, I, I, fine. I, I think the Braves are a very, very, very good team. I just... You it, don't give their bullpen enough credit, no, though, because no, no, it's no. much better than the Dodgers. It's much, much better. Much than better. The Dodgers. I agree. I think the Dodgers bullpen is terrible. <laughs> I really do think it's just not very good. Um, I mean, Kenley Jansen would have been the Yankees' sixth inning guy last year. Um, but... I guess what worries me about the Braves is you. Okay. So you have Soroka. Mm-hmm. I, I will, even though he's only had his rookie year, he was good enough that we'll agree to call him a sure thing. You know what you're going to yes. get from Soroka. Yes. Um, Cole Hamill's got healthy now, which is really nice, but it's not like Cole Hamill's for the last couple of seasons has been Cole Hamill's better than Cole David Hamill's. price. Okay. But he's your number two. He's there. He, I don't three know if he's four. our number two because I'm looking at a guy like Max Fried is number two. Uh, I talk about a guy I think could make the biggest step forward. But again, the reason I think this the, the the Braves have the best chance is these two things. One, the NL teams are weaker, right? I think the biggest competition to them is by far the Dodgers, and other than that, I don't really see much of a competition. I say that even though we just fucking lost to the Cardinals in the playoffs. Cardinals but, are scary good, by the way. But I'm just saying. But our bullpen, I think, is better than any other bullpen in the NL. I will stand by that. And I think, talk about a shortened season, I think this benefits us the most. I mean, we have, in my opinion, three possible all-star candidates in our bullpen. I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Will Smith, yeah. Shane Green, Chris Martin's a stretch. I'll give you that. So, two. Let's go and with two. Even, if we get two all-star bullpen arms... Even Shane Green, though. Was literally just an all-star. But with you guys... He had an ERA okay. over four. He came in and sucked for the first couple weeks. You want to use the Masahiro Tanaka argument? Fine. He finished the season with a 2.3. A 2.3 ERA. Okay, but he that was playing for finished Detroit. Finished the season okay, but with a 2.3. I'm saying for you guys, when something actually changed. He as had soon as we point, took him out of the as, role, as we put as, him in at first. We, as, he was fine. As soon as he was pitching high leverage innings for a team that wasn't 19 and 100 and... <laughs> 41 or whatever it was close that was close uh, I, I was i it was almost very got close i almost got there uh he had a 4.101 era pitching actual high leverage innings and you know we can debate this i actually want to debate this at some point i think the clutch factor and the big innings factor for bullpen guys so so valid that like there's a reason some guys just can't close you, I agree. you look at like a dellen batances so good at his job can't close every time the yankees had to have him close just because like chapman was getting a rest it's a fucking adventure. I, I mean, seriously. So there are just guys like that, and I don't know. I'm also leaving out about the Braves that they have two possible MVP candidates year in, year out. Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman. Two guys that can make a run at MVP every single year. We, we don't like to talk about their lineup because their lineup has more holes than the teams we've talked about. But when it comes down to the end of a season, shit happens. And this, bull, this bullpen thing will benefit the Braves a lot in the NL. And I think that gives them a very good chance of making the World Series this year. And then who knows what happens in the World Series? I'm not saying the Braves are going to win the World Series, but I'm saying this year they've got a shot. The, the funny thing about the Braves is just as easily as I could see them making the World Series, and I do think there's a scenario where that happens, I could see them not winning the division <laughs> yeah. and, and getting knocked out early in the playoffs. Granted, missing, that's what you get for being in one of the harder divisions in the, the league. Playoffs. We could have four teams over 500, and you're glorifying the Red Sox for getting over 500. We could have four teams over 500 in our division. It's going to be a tough division. You won't. With the, with the season formatting this year, I think you're right. But we also, it could just be a bloodbath of teams right around 83 and 79. Like, I mean, this division that equivalent. This division's, oh yeah, true. This division's <laughs> good. It's one of the better divisions in baseball. It's not as top heavy, but it's one of the best divisions in baseball, top to bottom. Top to fourth. Top to fourth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to keep in mind, the Braves are fifth in World Series odds. It's not like they're fucking tenth. And I'm not, I, I just said I could see a scenario where they make the World Series. And yeah, I, agree I would give you. their odds higher than the Twins, by the way, because the Twins are going to have to go through the Yankees, and we know what happens there. 
<laughs> Although, you know what? The, the crazy Say the thing about the same thing that, about the Braves and the Dodgers. Right, They'll fuck but, the Dodgers. But, but also, the Twins are just bound to beat the Yankees in a postseason series at some point. And I don't think it's this year for the Twins. At some point in our lifetime... It has to happen. It has to happen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying the Twins are better than the Yankees. I'm just saying, when you lose to a team as much as they've lost to the Yankees, like... The law of averages just yeah. means it's going to happen at some point. Clemson beat North Carolina yep. on the road this yep, year. Yep, there like, it like, is. There at it is. some point, it's going to happen. Let's let's close this out with a sentiment we can both agree on. The two teams we chose as our favorite World Series picks both lost out in the last three or four years because of cheaters. Yep. It's time for one of them to win. They've both been due, and they've both earned something more than they've gotten. We've we've talked about what's going to save baseball after the shit show that it just went through because there's no home run race coming, right? Yep. I think a Yankees Dodgers World Wouldn't Series would be great. Would be so good for baseball. Just the two biggest markets, two biggest teams, two probably most historical teams, and two teams have, I think, been stripped of their right and, to a title. And frankly, if we're gonna just look top to bottom. On paper, the two best teams. Yes. Um, it's what hard to ba- argue with that. It's what I'm not going to say. It's what baseball deserves, but it's what baseball needs. Yeah. If the MLB season ended after 60 games last year, the eventual World Series champion Washington Nationals would not have made the playoffs. They sat at 27 and 33. Drew, I want to ask you: Who do you think the 60 game season helps the most? I love, going into this season, I love this White Sox roster. Now, we talked about this last year. For some reason, I decided to hate the White Sox. I don't, I don't know why. Doesn't, we, were at a, we, we mentioned in our intro, we were doing our tour of baseball stadiums. One of the games was Red Sox-White Sox at Fenway, and you just kept talking about how much you fucking hate this team. I'm like, dude, why? They're so young and irrelevant. Like, it's like Chelsea. <laughs> I guess. But, but, but to me, they have a pretty deep rotation, which... This will go a long way. Pitching, I think, definitely has the advantage. We agree on this. Pitching will have the advantage in a shortened season because pitching warms up so much quicker than hitters do. Uh, They have a pretty deep rotation. They got Giolito at the top, who I think is a bona fide ace at this point. Uh, They got Kopech coming back from Tommy John. Guy throws over 100 as a starter. Uh, They also have Gio Gonzalez and Dallas Keuchel. I mean, Keuchel's a great get, just a guy that's going to give you valuable innings, not be a star at this point in his career, but going to give you good innings, give you a chance to win every time out. So one through four, you have pitchers that will give you a good chance to win. And then you've got a pretty electric lineup for a middling team that is adding really young, interesting pieces, like Baseball America's number two prospect, Luis Robert. The guy, 21 years old last year, with speed in AAA, hit with a 970 OPS. What more can you ask for? He looks like an Acuna to me. We made that comparison earlier as well. So that, to me, is a really interesting team. And it also helps that their division is pretty weak, except for the Twins, who are a very heavy-hitting team, which is interesting because we I just mentioned pitching gets the advantage over hitting, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, You know... The other thing, too, is they added guys like Edwin Encarnacion and Yasmani Grandal. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about... Two good guests that I didn't mention. Absolutely. There, there are some lineups around the league. The Yankees, the uh, the Dodgers, Twins, uh, most notably, who just have no weak spots, right? Yep. They are Nick Madrigal and Luis Robert away from having a lineup like that. Yes. Because Eloy Jimenez is already young and really good. Yoan Moncada, Moncada is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... They're, they're Tim Anderson team. at the top. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won the batting title last yep. year. I don't think he'll do that again. But I don't either. Still, um, they're just a really good, young, deep team. So I, I like that pick. I'm not quite as high on the rotation as you are. I, I get um, that. I think it's the fear of Keuchel and Gio putting up the stats that they have well, in the past. Well, so it, it's like you look at even Giolito, they kind of have a number two and bunch of number threes or fours. Oh, I love Giolito as a one, dude. I love him as a one. Giolito has not proven yet to me that he can be a one. For his a whole his year. first two thirds of last season were incredible. That's he, that, I mean know, that's really all you need in a shortened you, season. He's got the that, big frame with that. a fastball. His ERA was still three one five, which is really good. Really good in the AL, but it's not incredible. Really good uh, in the AL, and then though. he he broke down in the second half. He was not great in the second half. Um, I think his hype because he, he went through. I think it was either May or June. He just had one incredible month. Um, but it was one incredible month, and he was kind of just okay 
for the rest of the season. And so I'm not uh, quite yeah. I'm not quite sure about Giolito. And, and I've always said there's a reason the Nationals traded him when he was as high of a prospect as he was. It's I, funny because I mean, I'd call that an L of a trade, but... We don't know yet. I mean, I mean, Eaton, they won a World Series. They did. And they Eaton, did. Eaton, Eaton was an important piece of that. So I don't was, know how we're going to say that. I still that call was it an L, L because I, I see Giolito as an ace and you and, don't. And but. frankly, well, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not saying Giolito can't become an ace. Giolito's just not an ace yet. His first two thirds of the season were ace numbers in no, my No, they opinion. weren't. Yes, they were. No, they weren't. I mean, we can look at it. I, I just, I, I don't think a 3.15 ERA is bona fide ace level. And then he was up at 3.76 in the second half. It doesn't seem like ace level to me. Finished the season with an 11.6 K per nine. I'm really happy with that. It's 6.7 hits per nine, which is pretty good. Relatively low homer numbers per nine, considering the fact that he's, you know, he's he's a fastball pitcher. And last year with the juiced balls, it was crazy. To me, it feels like he's someone who you don't know what you're going to get. Well, you're right, because look at the season before, he was absolutely horrible. And then you look at his months last year. He had an ERA above five in three months and an ERA under three in three months. So I'm still two of the last three seasons, he finished with a whip right around one. I'm I, really I happy I with that. I hear you, but like, um, I, I just, I, I'm not quite sold on him, but I want to move to my team now. And I'll preface this by saying I'm a Yankee fan and I hope I'm wrong. I really do. <laughs> um, but it's the Rays. It's. It, they're just so good and so scary, and they continue to just add really, really good pieces. The Rays, every I think, are just a team year. that benefited from every single move they made in the offseason, and no matter what this season looked like, they were going to be an absolute contender. But, you know, it's interesting because if you want to talk about how good pitching, you know, like you want to talk great pitching, mm-hmm. Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, Tyler Gla- and Blake Snell are at the top of that rotation. Yep. Tyler Glassnow is the third guy. <laughs> There's a chance Tyler Glassnow is better than either of the first yeah. two. Yeah. I mean, it's just a and Ryan Yarbrough who came out. He was their like opener starter, if that makes sense. Like they'd have an opener pitch the first inning, and then Yarbrough would come on and pitch two through six and just be really good. Yep. Um, and then even Chirinos is serviceable as a five. He's a great number five. So like, it's a scary team. But then you look at the additions they made, right? They added, they were middle of the pack last year in runs scored, home runs, things like that. They weren't great. Their pitching carried them. Their pitching won't have to carry them this year. Nope. Because they added guys like Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro hit 33 homers last year. They added uh, a guy like Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez is the perfect foil for G-Mon Choi. And, you know, you, you want to talk about splits between the two of them? G-Mon Choi is a lefty. Um, and last year versus righties, he hit 274 and hit 17 homers. Right, and then you move to Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez, and only at only seventy at bats, hit three twenty nine against lefties with five homers. So, like, you put the two of them together, and all of a sudden, you have a really, really, really good first baseman. I've said it to you before. I think Jose Martinez is one of the most underrated gets of last offseason. I, I think he's a perfect fit Especially for this they didn't Rays give team. Up for him. Perfect fit for them. Um, but then they also added uh, Yoshi Susugo from Japan. And dude raked. I know it was Japan, but he's, dude hit, raked. he's hit at least 28 homers four years in a row. The guy can hit. Um, so, and then uh, they got their young guys like Austin Meadows, just a year better, a year older under their belt. So, not only are they really, really good, but they also benefit from uh, the short season because their pitching and defense are so much better than everyone else. They, yes. they, they were the best pitching rotation starter and bullpen in the MLB last year. Yes. Um, and their defense added a guy like uh, Renfro. Like, it got even better. And it's interesting about the defense. I think the defense is going to play such an important role in a 60-game season because mistakes are going to be just magnified. I, and this I, yeah. Rays team is not going to make mistakes, right? So they are so scary. And if they can get really, really hot, so I, I they could win forty out of sixty games. I don't disagree with your defense point, but I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure it makes a big difference. I see defense not making that like over the course of a 162 game season. I see it making a difference, but not nearly as big of a difference as either pitching or hitting makes. Like a lot of like you know, pitcher is in control of the game when he's on the mound. There's a lot. That is out of his control, but there's way more that's in his control. And it's really more on the pitcher. It's not as much on the defense. And I see good defense making a difference. And they have, I think, the best defense in the MLB. But I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I I really don't. That's not the argument I'm making, though. And yeah, I'm I'm not saying that it's more important than pitching or hitting. 
What I am saying, though, is that in comparison to other defenses, they aren't going to make mistakes, no. right? And those mistakes that other teams make, right? Like, you want to look at the Yankees in division, a lot of question marks about putting Glaber Torres over at shortstop, right? Yep. I'm a little worried about it. And then do you put Miguel and Duhar Yeah, you third? got questions at third. Right? So, like, I, Gio Rochelle, a great fielder. My guess is he plays third for most of the year. But the point is, is there are question marks about the defense they're competing directly against. But this was going to be a thing no and, matter what, right? Right. But over the course of an 162-game season, those mistakes get nullified by those offensive booms and those pitching runs in a 60 game season i just think the mistakes including on the defensive side of the ball are just so so magnified yeah i mean i I, I definitely see your point about the the hitting booms because with with 60 games granted like the yankees aren't going to go on a big team slump i don't think they never did last year never had like a big slump someone was always hot but Let's for a second say hypothetically one of those top hitting teams take the Dodgers, take the Twins, the Yankees, whoever you want to name. Let's say they do have like a five, ten game slump period. Their defense is going to be an issue. And I, I, I see what you're saying. If the Rays have that, the Rays are more prone to a hitting slump stretch than those teams. But they're but less they're, last year because they can platoon all over. Like, no, I mean, they're, hell, they're, I they mean, added Manuel Margot. You want to platoon Margot come and Kiermaier and They center, were going to make the playoffs this year. I, I think, think so. the Rays are a easily playoff locked team but this year I, I do hear you this year I think they I mean they could make a run at your division I know, I know you don't want to hear that and you admit it yourself it scares me yeah they really really could yeah so one piece of this too that we we haven't quite touched on is the players who are not going to be there mm-hmm. um and and there are a few uh Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross the Nationals have said they're going to sit out um as well as Mike Leake um, and finally, Ian Desmond. I think I think Desmond's is interesting, um, and very important and very indicative of the times. I would say Desmond's is not just a it's not a one sided a one reason to drop out of the season. He it's a culmination of every single factor that I think could play into other players dropping out as well. And you have a great quote, I believe. Yeah. So I, he wrote um, a very very long statement on Instagram. I recommend reading the whole thing um, for time's sake. We're not going to do that, but we each picked out a quote that we think uh, helps sum up what he was talking about. Um, So the one that I picked out is, I'm immensely grateful for my career and for all people who influenced it. But when I reflect on it, I find myself seeing those same boxes, the golden rules of baseball. Don't have fun. Don't pip home runs. Don't play with character. Those are white rules. Don't do anything fancy. Take it down a notch. Keep it all in the box. I know you have one as well. Let's let's talk about that first. I want to address that because... Baseball has been trying to market like the MLB has been finally trying to do something about that in their game in the past couple of years. But I mean, has it really done anything? No. no. And no. And this guys think, like Soto have the Soto shuffle in the playoffs and then get criticized for it. I mean, that's the funniest thing I've seen in baseball. Right. It's the ultimate let the kids play the MLB's campaign. Let the kids play. That is letting the kids play. And yet that's going to be, of course, a huge issue and pitchers are going to get their feelings hurt. And it, and Desmond, one of the few uh, black players in the MLB, mm-hmm. um, had a lot more to say about what it means to be playing um, baseball as a black man. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a good read, but I thought that quote kind of summed up his whole feelings on it. But um, obviously it doesn't do it justice. So like, I'll say it again. Go read the full thing. It's worth the read. It's important stuff. Um, and good for Desmond for doing it and sticking by it. We we shared this fact a couple episodes ago, but uh, it's only seven point eight percent of the league is African American. Well, the amazing thing too, um, the year Jackie Robinson retired, six point seven percent of major league rosters. It's gone up one point one percent, and today it's seven point seven. I mean, the game's got an issue, so it's gone up one percent. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And I'm glad Desmond's able to and able and willing to speak out. On, I, I mean, these rules are ridiculous. They always right. have been. The unwritten rules of not having fun. He's, he's kind of right. They are like white rules. Um, but I, I want to talk about another quote near the end of this post, uh, just not baseball related as much. It's important to point out that one of the other factors here is COVID, is the civil rights issues going on outside of the game. So here's what he says. He says, with a pregnant wife and four young children who have lots of questions about what's going on in the world, home is where I need to be right now. Home for my wife, Chelsea home to help, home to guide, home to answer my older three boys' questions about coronavirus and civil rights and life, home to be their dad. And this is a sentiment I think is going to be way more popular among players. 
Uh, I mean, Ryan Zimmerman's was very similar to that as well, so yep. I think we'll see this cropping up a little bit more. Um, it, it's interesting. We haven't heard about a ton of players sitting out, though. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, not I, yet. I, I think about guys like Garrett Cole's baby is due in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's one thing if you're playing for the Rockies and another if you're, who really don't have a chance to win the World Series this year. Um, and one, if you're playing for the Yankees, who really do have a chance to win the World Series this year. So um, it's interesting that Cole is going to play. I'm thankful he's going to play um, <laughs> as a Yankee fan. But um, I know that that decision has been weighing on him a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, but everyone loves the videos of Freddie Freeman and his, with his, and kid, his kid with his kid. And they're playing like cute little wiffle ball games that. He's obviously he loves his kid, right. loves his family. Right. How are players like that going to react? Yep. And um, and the the other piece of this too that I want to transition to is the players who we do know are going to sit out, and we assume there's going to be more. How do you replace those guys? Um, it's it's a little different when it's Desmond because they have some young outfielders they can give some more opportunities to. Um, but I'm curious what the Nationals do about Zimmerman and about Joe Ross. Joe Ross had a good shot of being that fifth starter yep. for the Nationals yep. this year. Um, I don't know where they go to replace a Joe Ross. No, I, you get well as any team does really with a fifth starter. You got to get lucky to a certain extent, right? You, right. I mean, no team has a fifth starter that they're like, yes, my fifth starter's here. Like he gets replaced throughout the season most of the time, anyways. Um, you, you might make a trade before the trade deadline team like Nats, they're going to be in contention. So I can see them going for a trade. But this is going to affect, I think, most teams, the MLB, for the reasons we already listed. So they're going to have to find ways to get around it. And, that I mean, as simple as that. And I think they will. And uh, They th- have time to do it. Trade deadline's August 31st this year. The other piece of it, too, is you mentioned it, those 60-man rosters. Those are going yeah. to help you be able to replace guys. I mean, uh, Yankees had, like, 30 pitchers or something crazy on there. Yep. It's like, like, it's nuts. Um, so I think it's doable and it's definitely doable to get around these, uh, to get around this hoop. Um, but it's another factor that plays into the season, possibly getting shortened, possibly getting ended, uh, just a concern for teams. And again, if it, the Yankees lose a Cole, you know, that's a huge thing. That's especially huge having already lost deal. Severino. That's like, huge. Uh, yeah. So this, I mean, I, I see this definitely affecting the season and the outcome of it. So we're going back to today's trivia question. And again, Joey, the question is, which MLB MVP played the fewest games in a season, still won the MVP, and which player was it? So if it's not catcher, and you told me it wasn't a catcher, um, my head goes to big dudes who get hurt. <laughs> so I'm going to go with... I like two words in there. <laughs> I'm going to go with the biggest of dudes, the big hurt. Big hurt. See what I did there? <laughs> Frank Thomas. <laughs> Uh, he, he's actually third on the list, so pretty good guess. I feel um, pretty comfortable. About yeah. that. 113 games played in 1994 for Frank Thomas. Now, here's the interesting part about that. Your head went to a good place, but not the right place, and the right place was picking a strike-shortened season. So 94, second on the list is Jeff Bagwell with 110 games played in 94. Frank Thomas then with 113 in 94 as well. That season obviously shortened a World Series. Another strike-shortened season was 1981, and this is the guy, Mike Schmidt, guy we've been talking about a lot recently we have in our group chat. Talking about him a lot. Uh, talking about him as is he the best third baseman of all time? Um, we put him behind A Rod once we talked about A Rod being a third baseman. But look at his stats. Look at Mike Schmidt's stats. Clearly better than Chipper Jones, which I never would have guessed. So Mike Schmidt that year, I looked it up while you were talking, hit 31 homers in 102 games. <laughs> it's just not bad. That's not bad. Interesting. Good fact. Now, Good here, fact. Here, let's take it one step further. Can you give me the fewest on a 162-game schedule? My guess is it's somewhere in the 130s, and I, my head again goes to catchers. Both are incorrect. 117 games for George Brett. What season? 1980. Right before Mike Schmidt. So we're going to close things out today with a little bit of a rapid fire, give our award predictions. Um, so let's start with Rookie of the Year, uh, AL and NL in that order. Um, go ahead. Okay, Luis Robert and AL, 1,000 OPS with 36 stolen bases last year in the minors. Yes, please. NL, Gavin Lux, almost the same deal there. Better hitter, less speed. I'm still taking him. 
two incredible guys. I'm my AL pick. Um, you took the both of the obvious ones, so hard not to. Um, for the sake of disagreement, um, Jesus Lazardo uh, for the A's. He had a 1.5 ERA and a little bit of a cup of coffee in the majors last year. He would have been up in the majors if he wasn't injured, um, but he's back healthy. He had a 1.5 and two saves out of the bullpen. He'll be in that rotation. Uh, I got Lazardo, and then in the NL. Um, was going to take Lux as well, but we'll go, we'll go Carter Keyboom uh, for the Nationals, who they hope will step in for Rendon. 303 batting average, 16 bombs last year in AAA. Thanks for letting me go first on that one. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Here, take this um, one first, though. Let's do Cy Young's. Let's go AL and NL again in that order. Well, I'll pick the obvious one in the AL, Garrett Cole. I mean, yeah, okay. what else is there to say? Um, in the NL, Jack Flaherty, man. Uh, he had an under-the-radar awesome year. Mm-hmm. His second-half ERA Point nine one zero point nine one. Go ahead. Uh, I don't. I don't know if the obvious one is Cole here because Yankee Stadium. I. I I'm not sure. You make a much bigger deal out I'm of I'm not that sure. Than I'm going to take Verlander uh, in the AL again, um, and in the NL I'm going to take Scherzer because two two opt outs already on the Nationals. I think he's going to have to make a big push for his team to make the playoffs, and they lost Rendon also, and he might be the most competitive player in the major leagues. Screw you for taking a cheater. That's all. Um, but, <laughs> but let's let's move. I can't to, even argue that. Even if he's a pitcher, I, know, I can't I argue know. it. Let's move to AL and NL MVP. Okay, don't crush on me too hard for this one. I'm taking Judge if he's healthy. If he's not, <laughs> why would I push back on that? I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not, I got an interesting one here. I want to see how this plays out between a friendly competition on the Angels between Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout. That is an interesting one. NL, go ahead. NL, I almost forgot. How could I forget that my boy Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to win the MVP this season? He's going to go 20-20 in 60 games. What do you got? <laughs> Wait a minute. 20-20 in 60 games? Before you say he won't do that, he's done it once in his career, and he's one of four players to do that this millennium. Go ahead. Okay. It won't happen this year. But uh-huh. um, AL, uh, I'm going a little bit outside the box here. I'm going with Garrett Cole again. <laughs> Um, I, no, I think, you got to be kidding me. No, no, no. But, but I, I think the 60-game season puts such an emphasis on pitching. Good point. Good right? Point. So, and we talked about it. The bats are going to be behind. Mm-hmm. So a guy like Cole, if he can come out and just fucking crush it for 60 games, 12 starts, I don't see how you don't give him MVP. Good point. Um, and, and then in the NL, a um, little bit outside the box here. Christian Yelich. <laughs> Not at all outside the box. I wonder why you didn't pick Bellinger, by the way. Is it because you hate the Dodgers? No, it's because I think Yelich in a short season, he's known to have these little bursts where he just hits like 600 um, in a short season. I mean, he's a good pick. If he, if he has pick. two of them, yep. <laughs> then it's over. I mean, he hit 329, 44 bombs last year and didn't play the full season. That was yep. 130 games. Yep. So the guy can just just saying you said that was a full season for Urshela earlier. 132 games you described as a full season. He he was in the minors to start. I'm just saying you described that as a full season. I also didn't describe it as a full season. You did. You said 132 games full season. I said he was an everyday player. Guys, guys, do we love baseball or what? Oh, my God. (laughs) That was fun, man. We got to do um, more just yell about baseball episodes because I enjoy it. You enjoy it, and I hope people listening enjoy it, too. You know that first week baseball comes back, it's going to be the only thing going on. We're going to have a field day on that. Oh, week. yeah. We're going to do another all-baseball episode. We'll also do, at some point, an all-basketball episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think will be just as heated. Right. Previewing everything before they start in Orlando um, should be great. And then if there's a football season, dare I say, we will do an all-football episode as well. Because <laughs> I, I think these that really just allow us to yell <laughs> are, are fun. So... Um, that's all. That's all we got. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening yeah, thank to you our guys for joining. bonus bonus episode. You've been listening to the Fallout. Thanks for tuning in.